Hi, I'm Marek Dobrovolsky, partner and lead for Place Regeneration and Partnerships here at Barrett Partners. And today I'm delighted to be joined by Roxana Fias, uh, the elected mayor of the London Borough of Newham. Uh, Roxana was born, raised and has spent all of her life in Newham, uh, first becoming a councillor in 2014. And in 2018, she became the first elected mayor of any London borough. Uh, Roxana was re-elected to that post back in May 2022. And today we had the opportunity to catch up and to talk in more detail about Newham. It's a borough that's often referred to as the Olympic borough, but that's a moniker that doesn't really do justice to what is one of the most complex, dynamic and exciting parts of the UK. So 10 years on from 2012, we caught up to discuss the real Newham, um, what brought Roxana into politics, what her hopes and aspirations are for the borough, and post-pandemic and in a cost-of-living crisis, what a 21st century local authority should be like. I hope you enjoy it, and thanks for taking the time to listen. So that phrase, who would be a politician, is one that gets a great deal of airtime at present. But you clearly did want to take a step into politics. So what, what was that? What was the drive to become a politician, to take that step? Taking the step into politics was very much driven by purpose and passion for Newham, the place that I've grown up, the place that I love, the place that I want its people to be better served. And the step into politics was part of a movement and a mission of doing politics differently with a strong moral compass, with a promise that we would rebuild trust with the people of Newham where trust had broken down and to be able to have the privilege of driving forward an agenda that was so necessary and needed against the backdrop of a crucifying housing crisis that still reigns and rages. People living in poverty, inequality, and I guess motivated as all idealists are, wanting to play my part along with others that shared this joint endeavour with me to create the ideal world and we want to create it, the ideal world here in Newham. So you, you took that step and then you went even further, so you put yourself forward to be the elected mayor. What still drives you? What's still at the core of why you want to be a leading politician? What still drives me to wanting to drive forward an agenda for the people of Newham is something pretty simple and basic. I am hardwired to serve. It's part of my character. It's part of my purpose. It's a core part of my identity. And having the privilege putting forward a prospect of how the borough can be as opposed to how it was mm -hmm. is a really exciting proposition and to have been re-elected in May 2022 for a second term to serve four years with a clear mandate to build on all the changes that I had put in place through a very clear direction to an organisation that literally had been left broken and hurt. But there is a team of absolutely committed public servants working in that council building over at Dockside in the historic Royal Docks 
that are absolute ambassadors and advocates for the mission that I set in train back in 2018 and we're doing a really good job so I want to continue doing that and continue ultimately changing lives and transforming the place that I've grown up and that I love, Newham. So we're, um, so we're sat, sat in Stratford now and that's somewhere that a lot of people I think equate to being Newham, uh, but Newham's far more than just Stratford. So how would you describe the borough of Newham if it, in its broadest sense? If, if you've never been here or if you've just passed through, um, what's the real Newham? The real Newham is raw, it's authentic, it's passionate, it's dynamic, it's exciting, it's eclectic. It's noisy, it's colourful, it's connected. There are long established communities across all of our eight neighbourhoods that are open armed with people moving in. There's a really strong sense of compassion and community which was very much um, brought into sharp focus and really demonstrated during the pandemic period from March 2020 to most recently. It's a community that's really proud of our history, our heritage, and it's a spectrum of so many superlatives and descriptive words that a sentence couldn't possibly encapsulate, but it's magic and it's really beautiful. And one of the things that I get so impassioned about and moved by is just a tenderness and a real sense of character amongst our people of whatever hue, from whatever background, will do fine. And no matter how others may define Newham and its people in this part of East London, we stand tall and we stand proud and we work together because we have ambition for each other and we want the best and that's what I'm doing here in my role as the Mayor of Newham since 2018. I want the best for my people and that's exactly what the organisation full of committed public servants are doing as well and we're looking for an amazing individual that is willing to roll up their sleeves and work with me and the other officers regardless of what part of the organization they're from to get things done so you, you just you've alluded to um, that you need a new chief executive that representation that you've just described of an incredibly and increasingly diverse borough that, that in many ways is, is probably a microcosm of, of modern uk I'm really interested. What, what's that meant for you as a leader, as, as an elected leader and representative? And then how does that also impact on the role of Chief Executive of Newham? The diversity and the character of Newham uh, has been both fascinating for me as a Newham resident, born and bred, but in my role as a mayor, understanding and recognising that I need to be responsive to all the different sections of our community, both young and elderly. We have a population that is growing 
following the latest census results, uh, the fourth largest population increase anywhere in England and Wales and anywhere in the UK. Mm. And we have a growing young population, um, 38% of our resident population under the age of 24. Uh, at some point in the not too distant future, we'll have more under 24 year olds than we'll have over 24 year olds. And that's pretty significant in the context of how we need to marshal our resources here and now in response to the challenges that the present period presents us, challenges of poverty, inequality, community safety, safety of our young people, making sure that they're provided a nurturing and empowering environment across the entirety of the borough through accessing brilliant schools that produce great educational outcomes, accessing all of the youth provision that we've invested in significantly over the last three years and £43 million, and ensuring that we're a sustainable borough going forward into the next 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And it's about how we're able to present a vision for Newham that both our elderly, you know, households with children, young people uh, that are grown up here uh, can embrace because they can see not just the potential of Newham in the future, but the potential and the energy that exists now. And there's something really exciting about being the mayor for the most dynamic, uh, growing borough in London with all the investment coming in. And we don't want investment for just investment's sake. We've pursued very clearly with great ambition and intent our inclusive economy strategy, uh, coupled with our commitment to climate emergency all anchored by our community wealth building agenda. And the reason is this, it is immoral for us to be growing at such a pace with all these shiny buildings and houses that our people can't afford. It's immoral that we have some 68% of our residents living in the private rented sector and subject to the vagaries of rogue landlords and it's moral that people literally have to choose between food or roof over their head. And that's why under the auspices of what we're doing here in Newham, inclusive economy, mm. to address issues of inequality and poverty and marginalization in the labor market, community wealth building, making sure the 1.5 billion pounds that we spend annually for the delivery of public services for the public good are circulating within our economy so that we're helping to seed the growth of jobs, businesses, and we're articulating a very clear position that screams and says very clearly, we're here to be your champions. Mm. There are a multiplicity of challenges that we're faced as a community, but the council itself can't do it alone. Let's work together, and that's the reason why we've embarked on this participatory democracy agenda. The UK's first permanent citizen assembly, where residents are involved in some of the most important strategic policy discussions around where we're going to go, where we're heading. 
we have embarked on the biggest participatory budget exercise anywhere in the country, £1.6 million, across eight of our neighbourhoods. Residents can pitch their ideas. Residents are part of determining which projects that can help improve neighbourhoods, get the green light, and people can see that they are able to have a say. But we've also got a vision of a borough that will be clean. Like many, we're dealing with the assault on our streets in and our neighbourhoods. So people thinking it's okay to fly tip, it's not. But we've got to marshal as a collective to change behaviour because we'll make the investments needed in the council with a brilliant public realm team led by brilliant directors. But we need everyone to play their part and in the coming months we're going to be embarking on a process of developing a borough plan very much predicated on those principles of participatory democracy, co-production, co-design, where we'll be listening, engaging, talking, hearing our residents and our partners, our stakeholders, our local businesses. So here's the Building a Fair and New Manifesto. It's very explicit about what we're going to be delivering in four years. That's non-negotiable. But of all of these things across the 40 pages of the manifesto, which now has been translated into the council's corporate plan, what are the core things that we can rally around? And let's make that our borough plan. I imagine that will be a borough that is happy in terms of its people, a borough that is healthy in light of what COVID-19 exposed, a borough that is fair, where people know they have a council that champions their interests mm-hmm. and will give voice to those things that we're not going to tolerate. Bad employment practices that screw employees. You know, we have an intention to become a London living wage borough. We pay all of our staff the London living wage and we want more employers in Newham to be doing the same because we need to be doing all that we can to lift people out of poverty. And we want everyone to be embracing climate emergency. We've got the worst air quality pollution that our children and adults breathe. Four and a half thousand children hospitalised with severe asthma and respiratory conditions. 115 people dying prematurely because of vehicle fumes. We want our borough to be healthy. We want people to be able to live well, to age well. We want them to be able to cycle more walk. We want to incubate across our neighbourhoods the ability to be able to access all those key services, be that from the council or the health system, libraries, Mm. but also places of work, places of enterprise. And whilst we deal with the here and the now, the challenges of high inflation, stagnant growth, 12 years of austerity, the crushing impact of COVID-19 on municipal finances, on people's health. Mm. We also want to ensure that we're able to provide hope and we've got an ambitious vision for the future of this borough that spans not the next four years, but 20, 30, 50 years. And we need to future-proof Newham. We need to incubate the new industries work sectors of the future, 
we've made it really clear that Newham, through our intentions, is going to become London's hub of the data economy, mm-hmm. that by 2035 will generate some additional 5,000 plus jobs in sectors that don't even exist yet, will contribute some £130 million to our local economy. But the potential is huge. We're going to transform our civic building, East Ham Town Hall, into the country's first ever data campus. We'll be delivering that by 2025. So there's a lot going on. And in terms of my role as the mayor, it's been responsive to all sections of our community and understanding the need, Mm. making sure that the council is able to meet its statutory requirements, but not on the basis of a minimal base, but actually exemplary and optimal, because I want the council to be delivering services that are platinum, and platinum isn't just money, it's a state of mind. And I want our elderly to feel loved, to feel championed, to feel heard. I want them to be able to age well. I want our young people to know that as they navigate school and life, they can hang around anywhere in the borough and feel safe. And there will be opportunities for them. So when they progress with their life journeys and they start to spread their wings because we're doing pretty well with educational outcomes across all of our secondary schools, they will fly, but they don't have to fly and leave the borough Mm. because they're our future talent and they'll be able to be the things, the individuals that will sustain the longevity of Newham as a place and I want to have as much opportunity for them here. So for the chief executive that we will be recruiting, someone who has the passion, is willing to embrace that vision, that agenda, is excited by it, is able to demonstrate compassionate, empathetic, open leadership that is able to unlock the leadership and the talent that exists amongst the five and a half thousand people thereabouts that work at the council. Because my instinct and part of my character is let's disrupt, but let's disrupt for good. And let's ensure that glass ceilings are smashed so that talent can really flourish and come to the top and shine. And that's what I want for the organisation because we've got a heck of a ambitious agenda to deliver over the next four years. So you've been really vocal and actually you've just, you've just very eloquently described the, the kind of the landscape and the aspiration, but also the challenges of Newham and that for Newham as a council to, to deliver on those aspirations and to tackle those big challenges, it needs to innovate. It's got to fundamentally change. Local government has to fundamentally change and look beyond traditional ways of delivering services. So just outline for me a modern 21st century London Borough of Newell and what do you think it will take to get there for that type of council to be created? A modern fit for purpose 21st century Newham led by a agile open transparent doing things always for the public good underpinned by strong moral compass where every single officer knows that regardless of any residents, 
background young or elderly, whatever class, whatever ethnicity, they're treated with respect. There's a humility. There's a sense of we are public servants and we're here for the public good. And a modern 21st century local authority that we want to embed is something that I will be working with the chief executive to create. It's an organisation that has an open culture that is willing to take risks, but not crazy risks because we've got to be very diligent about public money and our role as custodians. But we've also got to be really clear around the outcomes we want to achieve for our people. So it's a pivot of mindsets and also the lens that you apply. When you look at the community here in Newham, it literally comprises of people that are connected to every single country in the world. An organisation that's immersed lives and breathes what the residents see and experience every day and an organisation that's willing to be open to left-field ideas and think the impossible and have our daily missions where we're sending a person to the moon. The Carpenters Estate, a 23-acre site, been neglected, left, ignored, fallen off the radar, mind map of the council. The residents there pretty ticked off back in November 2018, rightly, because that's my role. I apologised. I can't account for why the council did what it did before, but I asked them, just give me this, suspend your disbelief for a moment, let's work together and let's create something phenomenal that will stand the test of time and we will be creating a new, restored, energised, renovated council estate of the most exemplary, well-designed buildings, will repurpose two of the three high-rises. We're not going to mow them down. Climate emergency is important. We're going to be ensuring Stratford, this place that we sit, becomes the council's first green zone. But the Carpenters Estate will lead to some 2,157 homes, of which 50% will be social rent. Because I don't want our people to be squeezed out from what we're doing. I want them to be at the heart and at the centre of what we do. And an organisation that I lead now and in the future needs to be responsive and enabling of that. And it's an organisation that the chief executive will lead, that will be open to new ideas, that has an appetite to innovate, to scour the earth for brilliance that is happening elsewhere, to not be afraid and to unleash the talent that exists in the organisation. Because in local government, what I have observed, too much hierarchy, too much of the people at the top, no, we know best. No one's able to give voice for an insight that could actually transform a critical part of a service. And an example of what we've achieved, a massive, significant turnaround in three years, I stepped into office in May 2018, was being prepared for our Ofsted of Children's Services. For the past 20 years, Newham has never achieved good at any level on Children's Services. 
always consistently requires an improvement. What's been assured will sustain the requires improvement position. And I was scratching my head, why are we happy and satisfied mm-hmm. with sustaining requires improvement? What on earth is going on here? So I delve in. I come from a research evaluation background. I do my own field work. I speak to many people, residents, businesses, officers, senior, junior, everything in between. Speak to partners, I triangulate. And March 2019, Ofsted comes in, they visit. They do their inspection of our children's services. And devastation and inadequate. Painful period for the organisation, reflective of how broken the organisation was that I inherited. But in three short years, earlier this week, the Ofsted report published, good, we've jumped two scales up but outstanding leadership and that's because I've taken a political decision with my cabinet to invest in total 47 million pounds in children's services and additional services for our children and young people driven by our commitment keeping them safe making sure that we had an exemplary children's services the job's not finished it's not done but to jump from inadequate to good in three years and outstanding leadership is about the conditions that I can create in my role as the mayor. I will make the political decisions in terms of the policy frame, the orientation, budget decisions, but we had a team from corporate director down, chief social worker, who was broken Mm. when we got the inadequate yesterday. You could just see the sunshine in her face. And we stuck with her because she knew what needed to be done. She just needed the conditions to be enabled and empowered to bring social workers up. And we've attracted more talent and they're excited by what they see happening in Newham. And so we need to keep that going. And I reflect on, for example, Apple, when it was taken over by Steve Jobs, Back in the day, some 350 products. But he had a simple thought. Let's narrow in. Let's do a small number of things really, really well. Let's constantly cannibalize ourselves in order to learn and perfect. And let's provide people the best experience that enriches and enables them in their lives and you see that in the supercharged small computers that we hold in our hands which are our phones but they're more than phones and I think that kind of thinking applied to councils it's quite an interesting and exciting proposition but that doesn't mean that we don't do the basics well we've got to do the basics well and the basics for me have to be optimal, have to be platinum, because our residents here in Newham, who for too long have been ill-served, deserve the absolute best. So one of the things that's really exciting in conversations that we've had, again, you just reflected on it, is this desire for the council to look beyond traditional boundaries, to scour the earth, your phrase, for, for, for the best, the most appropriate, the platinum. You've also been really vocal and open as well, in terms of the type of chief executive, 
that you're entirely open to their backgrounds, actually, that fundamentally it's a leadership role. Um, so what are you hoping for from this chief executive? I'm hoping for a chief executive that is excited about the challenge that every single day brings. And, you know, challenge that every single day brings is not unique to Newham, mm. but has an appetite and a curiosity, both an emotional curiosity and an intellectual curiosity to understand what's happening elsewhere, but also here in Newham. A chief executive that will want to be spending a balanced amount of time out there with me, speaking to our people, doing our field work together, figuring challenges out, inculcating a one council approach where everyone has a say, where we experiment, where we institute these labs to take a challenge that our residents have brought to our attention and indeed work with our residents, go out into the community, right, okay, you've told us this, let's figure this out together. And we roll that kind of stuff out. A chief executive that is assured in themselves, confident, isn't scared about saying, actually, I don't know. Isn't scared to say, I'm sorry, I got that wrong. Demonstrates empathy. Has the most brilliant interpersonal skills. Can make me laugh. That's not <laughs> an absolute requirement, but it will help. <laughs> um, but someone that can inspire um, and someone that I'm looking forward to standing shoulder to shoulder with as my collaborator in driving forward a really amazing, exciting agenda for Newham. So if you're, a, if you're potentially thinking about becoming Chief Executive Newham, and as you've described, you may well not be in local government. If you are in local government, you'll want to work and create an environment that challenges norms, things beyond traditional boundaries. It's thinking about the 21st century council. You might not even be in the UK. This might be your first opportunity to, to put some of your ideas into practice in a different part of the world. But what will be in that intrigue? What will be the issues that you'd want them to get to grips with on day one? Fly tipping, streets clean, delivering on our housing ambitions, and ensuring that the organisation is very clear that this is it, there is no time, let's get on with it, we can do it, and just get cracking and get stuck in. And you're an executive mayor, so that's not a model that runs through the whole of the UK, it's relatively, it's, it's relatively niche, but it will have a, it has a particular bearing on your role, clearly, and then also the role of a chief executive. So I'm really interested in your reflections around being an executive mayor and what that might mean for the chief executive. Oh, that's such a hard question. <laughs> um, look, ultimately, because I'm elected by the people of Newham, who come out and vote, and it's an absolute privilege to get their endorsement, the buck ultimately stops with me. I'm the most prominent face. I have these executive powers, albeit since November 2018, delegated authority to the entirety of my cabinet and myself. So we make collective decisions and everyone's clear about their lines of accountability, both personal and collective accountability. And the chief executive will need to understand 
that simple basic fact the people have directly elected their mayor they will hold their mayor to account and their mayor needs to have the continual assurance that things are on track that problems as they arrive arise that problems as they arise will be dealt with in the diligence with the quality that the people of Newham and I expect on behalf of the people of Newham that the chief executive will work with me as a champion and as an advocate and that fundamentally we are a people organisation so it is niche in the context of UK local government but other local authorities other places adopting the mayoral model and it's important for the chief executive to recognise that the executive mayoral model, directly elected by the people, means that the people will want to see a demonstration of an exemplary council that's delivering optimally public services. Again, public services for the public good, not for profit. We bring in a lot of our stuff in house, but the chief executive will have to recognise that any element of the council that doesn't go well or right will be picked up by residents and residents will rightly make a charge to me you're the executive mayor you run the council well technically legally i don't it's the head of office the chief executive but i set the policy parameters i set the the direction i present the vision i've got a manifesto with some really clear outputs that Absolutely, no negotiation have to be delivered because I've got the democratic mandate. But the chief executive has to realise that working with an executive mayor means a collaboration, a unified approach, and an acknowledgement that if the system processes of the council aren't working well, it's the mayor, ultimately, that will be queried, be questioned, rightly so, but I will need to have answers and provide explanation, but also have a chief executive that says, and this is how we're going to fix it, and have the humility to say sorry if they failed. Neil was, um, was one of the parts of the UK that was most significantly impacted by, by the COVID-19 pandemic, and it will have impacted on how both grows and the future of, of Newark. I'm just really interested in your reflections on that period of time, what it, what it has taught you, and also looking at another crisis, the cost of living crisis, how Newark's responded, how Newark responded to COVID-19, but how it's also responded to the cost of living crisis. Newham featured in two seminal pieces of media commentary. One was a Guardian article. It's actually three days before I was marking my second anniversary of having become the Mayor of Newham. I remember being in my office with the Director of Public Health, this big screaming headline in the Guardian, something along the lines of in one singular street in Newham, 30 people have died. Erroneous headline, uh, 
pointed to journalists who may be watching. Please get your facts right. Um, but it led to a traumatic reaction on part of the entirety of the borough. And I remember in my office with Jason, our director of public health, and we were both so upset because we had worked so hard from the outset in the weeks leading up to and from the point at which the then Prime Minister announced lockdown. Funny enough, I'd gone to Tokyo in December prior to the March 2020 lockdown announcement. And I remember picking up on the news something going on in China. And as you're, once you come back home from being abroad, you keep an eye out on that part of the world that you've been to. And I remember saying to the then chief executive and our director of public health, we just need to keep an eye on this. And when it was all accelerating, made it really clear. Yes, we now operate in the 2004 Contingencies, Emergencies and Contingencies Act, but I'm still the executive mayor. There's still an expectation, rightly so, of the people of Newham to know what it is that we're doing. And I give voice to that. And I want everyone to know that whatever it is that we need to do, our mission, our imperative is to save lives. And the way in which we were able, through our most awesome, amazing public health team, led by the most awesome director of public health, whom Newham is really privileged to have, we marshalled the collective efforts of people, of community organisations, of our councillors, of members of staff, in this emergency response, we incubated what is now, you know, our Newham Food Alliance network, but at the time it was our Help Newham network, distributing food to vulnerable households, those where we knew through our data and our records were benefiting from the council tax relief scheme. We, through our use of data, analysed the most vulnerable households of elderly residents, uh, those with the variety of comorbidities or immunosuppressed conditions that we needed to help when we would just parcel food and household items. And for literally, I think it would have been seven months, and then I switched to once a week, every single night I would pen a note to Newham residents to provide them with an update on COVID-19 and what we were doing, what was happening nationally, which was really appreciated. Now, that's the kind of organisation that I lead that is a, demonstrates when required, we're hearing you, we're here for you, we're championing you, we're doing this with an agility and a speed that reassured. And then the second was the Financial Times article, COVID Triangle. And, you know, fundamentally, COVID-19 has exposed the scarring, embedded, hardwired inequality that exists in this country. And it is manifest at a scale of such significance here in Newham, it would scare pretty much your average chief executive or your average leader. And yeah, there are times where it's overwhelming, but you remain focused on that, whatever it is that we need to do to save lives. And it just brought into whole sharp focus the 
enduring, scarring impact of poverty and inequality. And what are we for if not to challenge that? And that's what, you know, my administration is about. That's what I'm about. And it's about putting in place those strategies that may not necessarily immediately bear fruit, but we're on the right course. And it's about reversing that endemic, systemic poverty and inequality that exists that is disproportionately impacting certain groups in our community, ethnic minority communities, African-Caribbean, Bangladeshi, a certain age cohort. That's not right. And I think it's important for us in the 21st century, as a local authority, in the most diverse global capital city in the world, London, to actually say, we're going to call it out for what it is. Because there are issues of systemic racism that also operate, that hold people back. And the lens through which we see things in Newham, the lens that is placed on the eyes of the organisation at Newham Council is one that acknowledges that racism exists, that we need to have a genuinely, truly anti-racist organisation, and that we're intercultural in our approach to the delivery of public service, so that we embed and hardwire an equity in public service delivery, but also that we lift people out of poverty by understanding the intersectionality of class, of race, and how that plays out in poverty, and how that's evolved through COVID-19, given that we're faced with cost of living crisis, we've established already, we've got the infrastructure in place, the Noon Food Alliance, 50 tonnes of food distributed weekly for free in collaboration with our voluntary sector to households in the borough. 30 tonnes of that food drawn from surplus food our collaboration with Fair Share, the Felix Project, the largest local authority partner that they have in the country, has enabled us to face the cost of living crisis in Newham through a response that recognises, actually, it's not a crisis in Newham, it's an emergency. And I tell you why it's an emergency. It's an emergency because our people, for decades, have been left to just fester in inequality and poverty because no one has had the balls to take it on in the systematic way that it requires through that systemic change necessary and is willing to call out the features of class and race as it applies. And we define our cost of living emergency response through building and evolving our new food alliance a social welfare alliance that helps to optimise the benefits that people are entitled to. So income optimisation. We're going to be establishing a network of warm havens. We're going to be there for our businesses. And we will carry on championing the interests of our people to national government to say we need more resources and more money. And whilst we're doing all of that, we're going to work really hard to ensure that our streets are clean, that those that think it's okay to dump a mattress because you're a landlord, you've got 10 properties that you've bought to let and you're churning your tenants in and out and you can dump your stuff on our streets and you're not going to be penalised. Now, that doesn't happen in Newham. So, it's, it's been 10 years since 2012 and a lot of what you've spoken about has been, that's great, but this is now about the next 10 years. So in 2032, you and I sit down. Where will you take me? 
and what will have changed? I will take you down to the raw docks. Uh, you will be in awe at how vibrant, exciting, fun it is, but in a way that hasn't been commodified. It's got an authenticity and it's got an edge that is just so reflective of Newham. I'll take you to Queen's Market, which will be the enduring jewel in the crown that our community market is. You'll walk down Green Street and you'll be absolutely blown away by the craftsmanship that you see displayed in the shop windows of beautiful jewellery, limited editions of collaborations with Green Street jewellery makers, fashion designers, our Asian women that are doing the most beautiful embroidery or stitching, working with the VNA, hooking up with Lahore Fashion Week, Mumbai Fashion Week. You'll go to Beckton, you'll see a new DLR station in Galleons Reach. You'll be able to walk in all the green spaces in the borough. Oh my God, you'll be marveled and blown away by the Lower Leeway, which will become our third innovation district in Newham, because we've already got two. Fledgling, but they're gonna be great. One in the Royal Docks and one in the Olympic Park. You're gonna go down East Ham High Street, which incidentally, whoever becomes the chief executive, one of the things you're gonna to have to do in your first week is go down to McDonald's in East Ham High Street, because that's where I first had my <laughs> full-time, well, no, part-time job when I was studying at Newham College. And then you'll be able to head into the old Civic Town Hall and see the amazing, eclectic, exciting space of innovators, um, of entrepreneurs, of young people, experimenting, creating things that we can't even imagine yet. You'll see street signs that are a bit like the film Minority Report, where you walk past <laughs> and you just say, and you hear a voice that says, you just need to go that way. Or, excuse me, madam, or sir, I think you've accidentally dropped that <laughs> cigarette butt. Albeit, people won't be smoking that much. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be an interesting place. <laughs> Mayor Oxide, yeah, thank you. Thanks for your reflections. Thank Thanks you for very those much. insights. And, um, yeah, I really look forward to that trip in 2032. Mm, me too. <laughs> Thank you, Roxana. Thank you for taking the time out of what I know is an incredibly busy diary to talk to me today. Um, so I hope those of you that are listening found that as interesting and as insightful as, as I did, in particular, um, Roxana's views as to what a 21st century modern council should should become. Um, if you are interested in finding out more about Newham, clearly there's a huge amount of information on the council's own website. Um, if you're interested as well in the Newham Sparks programme that Roxana's alluded to, um, again, there's quite a bit of information that is that is out there on that particular initiative. And indeed, if you're interested in either becoming or hearing more about what the role of CEO of Newham uh, is going to be, then do please visit our own website, www.berrickpartners.co.uk, um, or indeed contact me directly. And uh, thank you for taking the time, and uh, I hope you enjoy this podcast.